over the last few weeks, we've been doing a new series called Understanding the Love of God. Understanding the Love of God. I tend to think and believe with all my heart this is one of the most powerful subjects on the planet today. Understanding the love of God. Understanding the amazing love of God. Over in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, we're going to read this. Uh, we saw this last week and we'll pick it up again. I have such an anticipation in my heart today. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Paul was, uh, there's actually two prayers in the book of Ephesians that he writes, one in chapter 1, one in chapter 3. And they're, they're written down here. These are what I call spirit-anointed prayers that you can actually, he prayed this for the church at Ephesus. But, you know, there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit, so you can actually take these same prayers, pray them for yourself, or you can pray them for other people. Amen? I, I do it constantly. I've done it thousands and thousands of times. I pray that. That's one of the things I pray for over every person in this church. Amen? I don't care if they've been here one time. It doesn't matter. But Ephesians chapter 1 is the first, or Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to read there in verse 14. The Apostle Paul says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Notice there's a family in heaven, a family on the earth. How many of you have loved ones that have departed? My earthly father lends both mom and dad. They're in heaven. Amen. But there's a family of God on the earth and there's a family of God in heaven. He says, for this cause, uh, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Verse 16. And Paul says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That's the Holy Spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's the only way He can dwell there is by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Okay? Notice that. Rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto Him, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, he's talking about a love right here. And Paul is praying a prayer that we can pray ourselves, that we would comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, all the multi-dimensions of God's love. And I made mention of the fact last week, you know, I climbed, I went up, I didn't climb it, but I took a cable car up Pikes Peak in uh, Colorado many, many years ago. We were out there for a minister's conference. Uh, beautiful. I'd never seen the Rocky Mountains before. I'll tell you, it was, it was a sight to see. It puts, our mountains here look so small compared to those. And you get up there 12, 13,000 feet, you know. <laughs> but, uh, our tour guide told us that when they were, he said, he goes, depending, there's different ways you can go up this mountain. You can, you can drive up, you can take the cable car up, you know, there's different ways. You, he said every way that you go up, you get a different angle of the same mountain, okay? And so it is with the love of God. There's different ways we can look at God's love and say, wow, I didn't quite see it like that, amen? And uh, when Paul says this prayer that we might know the length and the breadth and the depth and the height, and that we might know the love of Christ. In other words, how much God loves us. How much He cares for us. You know, when I was in 
one of the first songs I learned in my Methodist church when I was growing up was, Jesus loves me, this I know. How do we know? Because the Bible tells me so. Amen? And that's, that's really the only way you're going to, the only way you can really know about God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost, is not by your five senses, but by what the Word of God says about them. We know what we know about Jesus because of the Word of God. We know what we know about the Holy Spirit and His ministry because of the Word of God. And the Word of God is so clear and it gives a clear description of what their job is. Amen. And so when we pray, and we're talking about how to comprehend God's love. That's the subtitle here. Now go quickly again to John chapter 3, verse 16 again. John chapter 3. Uh, I'm sure most of you have never seen this verse of Scripture before. But in John chapter 3, oh, praise the Lord. Well, when you talk about God and His love, you, you start, it starts welling up on the inside of you. Amen. Praise God. John 3.16, Jesus said this. Oh, I love this. He says, For God so loved the world. Now, let's not get, make this a religious thing here. Who was the world? Us. So let's substitute the word world for me. For God so loved me. Let's say it again. For God so loved me. Okay? Because we were part of the world system, right? So what did He do? For God so loved the world that He gave His only pure, spotless, sinless Son that we might, might have everlasting life. And then verse 17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world it might be saved. You see, God's not condemning the world. Actually, there's only one man that God condemned. Jesus. Amen? Jesus was condemned. He was rejected. Amen? When Jesus hung on that cross, He said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, God turned His back on Him and judgment fell on Jesus on that cross and He went to hell for three days and three nights to pay the price for you and for me. Only heaven, I think, will t uh, unfold the reality of the depth of how much Jesus went through to do that for you and for me. It's a wonderful thing to understand the ultimate price Jesus paid for us. Amen. Whew. All right. Now, last week we talked about this. How much does God love me? How much does God love me? Does He love me a little bit? Does He love me a medium? Does He love me a lot? And we covered this, and I'll just mention this, but the first step is this, to realize how much God loves you personally, to realize there is not anything you can do to God make you, make Him love you more. There's no deeds, there's no works that you can do to make God love you more. In fact, today, if you decided, which you're not, if you decided, ah, forget this Jesus stuff, forget this Christianity, I'm going to do my own thing. That, I mean, God's not pleased with that because He wants to bless you. But there, that would not change one iota His love towards you. Okay? Now, on a human level, sometimes we think, you know, there's things you can do, you know, depending on how you grew up, you do certain things to get into the better graces of certain people. You know what I'm saying? And uh, 
And sometimes we translate that over into our Christian, the Christian realm. We think, well, if I do more, then God will love me more. No, no. There's nothing you can do on this earth to make him love you more. In fact, Romans 5, let's go over there real quick to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. We'll get into the meat of this here this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now look at Romans 5, 8. Paul, by the Spirit of God, said this, For God commendeth, or in other words, demonstrates His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Do you see that? So, obviously, that wasn't something you did to make Him love you, right? While you were yet a sinner, while you were, all of us were rebellious towards God, whether we knew it or not. Right? Uh, Matter of fact, Ephesians even talks about that before we came to Jesus, we were controlled. Now, we didn't know it, but we were controlled by the prince of the power, the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. Now, darkness was upon the face of the earth, spiritually. When Adam fell and he lost his dominion, he separated himself from God. He died spiritually and then ultimately died physically. But spiritual death was passed on to the human race through Adam and Eve. Isn't that something? Romans 5 talks about, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Wow. Much more. So we see two men. We see Adam, Jesus. Both made choices, both made decisions that affected the entire human race. Adam's choice of disobeying God did not just affect him, although it did, but he contaminated the human race because of his transgression. Okay? Now, had you and I been there too, we would have done the same thing. So we can't point any fingers, right? But yet, on the flip side of that, we look at Jesus. Say Jesus. It says, here's another man. He's called the last Adam in, in, a, in a, a First Corinthians. He's called the last Adam, the second Adam. And he passed the test that the first Adam failed. Amen. Amen. And his obedience impacted the whole human race. Now, that's, that's, that's interesting because Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection affected uh, uh, people from the past and the present and even the future. How many of you know there are people that have yet to be born in the earth today? There are babies being born today. There will be babies born tomorrow. There will be babies born next week, physically. Jesus already paid the price for them. Amen? Jesus already paid the price for them. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, for if by one man's offense, death reign much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Praise It's a gift. You don't work for it. It's a gift. Right standing with God is a gift. So... Here's the thing we need to understand. How much does God love us? First of all, God's love, God loves us as much. Now, back, let me back up here. There isn't anything that we can do to make God love us more. That's the first point. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith pleases God. That, that's different. Okay? The just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back from faith, he says, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But he still loves you. You know? Do you know God loved 
Doubting Thomas. Jesus loved Thomas, right? People call him doubting. He didn't stay that way, thank God. But he doubted things. He doubted things. He wasn't, you know, when Jesus appeared to the rest of the disciples, he was the only one that wasn't there because doubters will miss out. They miss out. <laughs> you doubt, you do without. Okay? And so what happened eight days later, whatever it was, you know, Jesus appeared and he said, come here, Thomas. Because he said, I'm not going to believe. He told his other disciples, he said, I'm not going to believe unless I can see the print of his hands and put my hand into his side. I'm not going to believe it. And as soon as Jesus appeared to them eight days later, he said, Thomas, come here. Reach hither your hand. Check me out. And he says, oh my God, it's you, Jesus. And he, Jesus said this in John. He said, John 20, he says, Thomas, blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. Now I want to ask you a question right now. How many of you here have ever physically seen Jesus? Okay. I'm not talking about paintings. You've never physically, okay, I don't see any hands. Second question, how many of you believe on Jesus? Mm -hmm. Well, praise the Lord. I'm looking at a bunch of blessed people because you haven't seen, yet you believe. That's faith. Do you, know, do you know every one of you have really strong faith, whether you realize it or not? If you're a child of God, you believed the greatest miracle that there is, the new birth. That's the biggest obstacle you will ever face in life. I can tell you that right now. And you believed in a man that your eyes couldn't see, but you grasped it in your heart. You had by faith. You took it. And you believed on Jesus. What happened? A miracle took place inside of you. And they couldn't beat it out of you with a baseball bat, praise the Lord, because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you became saved. Amen? Amen? I mentioned this last week. I get so excited when I see God moving in different ways. This whole thing, I don't know if you're familiar with Kanye West, what's been happening with him. It's just a glorious thing. He just did a thing recently, and over 2,000 people gave their heart to the Lord for the very first time. Amen? I mean, I just saw this. And God has taken someone out of the world that had notoriety, popularity, a huge audience and doing a transform, transforming work inside of his heart and turn it around, slap the devil in the face and get people saved. Isn't that wonderful? And then there are people, there's religious people still today. They say, ah, I don't know, it's just going to last for a season. It's not going to last very long. Well, quit trying to put a curse on them. That's, it's like, give them a chance for Pete's sake. Amen? But I, I love it. I tell you, God, there was a prophecy that was given not that long ago said that God was going to start transforming people in Hollywood and the music industry. Hallelujah. And he's going to bring them out to bring people in. And we're, we're, we're privileged to be able to be eyewitnesses and see the glory of God manifest in these last days. Oh, just excites me. Amen. And so how much does God love you? First point, and we'll just move on to the next Realize there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. God loves you now just as much as He ever will. Okay? Now, I had to lay that foundation before I go to this next thing because you're going to... I don't know about when you said, when I saw this, I was like, oh my, my, my. Amen. John 17. Let's go over there. John chapter 17. 
Do you ever notice like reading through the Gospels, you know, where Jesus, particularly in the Gospel of John, Jesus said he would always affirm his relationship with God. He said, the Father loveth the Son and the Son loveth the Father. And the Father loves the Son and he gives all things unto him. And he's always reaffirming to not only himself but those around him how much the Father loved him. Now people say, well, okay, I understand that. That's Father, Father God loving Jesus, His Son, okay. But what about me here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Okay. I want to show you something right here. This will blow your mind in a good way. Okay. But in John 17, 23, the Lord Jesus, before He went to the cross, He was praying a prayer. Uh, and he, even, he made mention of the fact, He goes, I'm not only praying for the disciples that are with me now. He goes, I'm praying for those in the future that will believe on my name. That would include you and me. Jesus prayed a prayer. Do you know your prayers can affect future generations? Amen? I had something happen to me a few years back. I don't even remember exactly when it was. And uh, I, was in a, I was in a time of prayer fellowship with the Lord, you know, and I, I got overwhelmed. And I, I told the Lord, I said, because I am so thankful that I'm saved. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm so thankful I was saved. I was lost, man. I was dying. I was going to hell. And Jesus saved me when I was a 16-year-old teenager. And I'll never forget it because it transformed me. It changed my life. I've never been the same. Glory to God. And I said, Father, I said, I don't understand why you arranged it so people came across my path, and yet I see other people that haven't made that choice that were my age. You know what I mean? I said, I said, I'm just laying that out before you. You know what I mean? I said, I don't understand why that took place in my life. And the Lord plainly spoke to my heart. And I don't mean I heard it audibly with these ears, but I heard it in here. He said, well, son, that's very easy. He said, you had kinfolks, you had relatives way back in the day that were praying for you that you won't know until you get to heaven. Okay. There you had ancestors, you had relatives. Now, I don't, he didn't say who they were, but he says, when you get to heaven someday, you'll find out who they were, okay? And they'll be there to greet you when you come into heaven, amen? But you can lay hold, these people laid hold by faith. I know Pastor Lynn here, you know, she had a, she had a grandmother, an Italian grandmother, and uh, I, I, I got to know her for a few years before she went to heaven, but she, boy, she was a... She was something else. She was an Italian lady. Wasn't she full-blood Italian? I mean, did she come over on the boat? No, she didn't. But her okay. Close to it, you know. <laughs> and um, she, man, i tell you, she had a, a life-transforming situation. She got born again. She, you know, she grew up Roman Catholic. But she used to always, I remember her supposed to say always, my Lord, my God, you know. Who was that, Martha that said that or somebody? My Lord, my God. She's my Lord. She, and her greatest desire was to see her loved one saved. She would always, now she wasn't even spirit filled. But she, she had Jesus in her heart, right? And she'd pray and she'd pray. And I'll tell you, on Lynn's side of the family, I'm telling you what, they're a bunch of heathens. And I mean to tell you, we all were, you know what I'm saying. But... Uh, they started coming in. They started coming in. And, and Lynn, 
Lynn was trans out of all of her brother, all of her brothers and sisters are born again, walk, you know, walking with Christ. Amen. And uh, seven of them. Amen. And then uh, you look back and you see this person got saved, that uncle got saved, that aunt got saved. I mean, just all the way on down the line. Well, see, that goes back to the generations where people, you can cry out and pray for future generations. Amen. And I'll tell you what. Here's something that you never heard before. I can tell you this. There's a lady named Kat Kerr. Brother Dan knows about her. And uh, the Lord has taken this woman to heaven, I don't know how many times, but he's given her revelation of heaven and the glory of heaven. Uh, of, and it's, it's the real deal. I've, I've listened to her for a lot of years, you know, and it's not, it's, at first you're like, can this be true? But the Lord has taken her to heaven so many times to show the body of Christ what we have to look forward to. Amen. And, and if I get this correct, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but one of the things you might remember more than I do, but she was with the Lord on one occasion, and, uh, and the Lord showed her that many times we pray for people in our, in our family to get born again, you know, to come to Christ, and then we don't see physical proof. In other words, they might leave this earth, but we, we haven't seen any evidence that they're saved or heard anything that they're saved, right? And so you're wondering in your mind, sometimes it can torment your mind, man, I hope my parent got my brother or my sister or whatever got born again. And Jesus showed her in heaven that when you pray for your loved ones and you claim their souls, that Jesus gives them another opportunity when they die and he stands, they stand before him, and he shows them. And this is so good, so comforting to me. He shows them they were praying to you. What choice would you like to make right now? But see, on the earth, we don't see that. Am I right about that, Dan? You want to add anything to that? Okay. You heard that too, didn't you? Okay. And, and, and so sometimes we may not see the evidence on the earth, okay? But when a person's spirit leaves their body... You know, now we think in natural, we're thinking, man, I hadn't seen any proof that they were even saved. If you're praying for them and you claim their soul, I guarantee you God doesn't forget one prayer. Amen? And He will give them the opportunity at that point. And once they leave their body, they realize, well, are you kidding me? How would I ever reject this? Amen? So the love of God goes a whole long way. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, I had you turn to John, didn't I? John 17. John 17. Okay, yeah, it's, he says, verse 23 says, Jesus says, I and them, thou and me, that's the King James, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Josh, can you bring over the, open that to the NLT for a minute, that same 1723. Look at this. It gives a little more clear. It says, I in them, you are in me, may experience such perfect unity that the world may know you have sent me and that you love them as much. Notice that. Yes. As much as you love me. Hmm. Here's the second revelation I want to bring out today. God loves Jesus and God loves you with the exact same intensity. He doesn't love Jesus more than he loves you. If he, he puts you side by side, Jesus and you, 
God says, I love you both equally. That's what he's praying right there. Because sometimes, you know, we think, and I mean, I understand, because I've been there. <laughs> we think, well, this guy, is, he's a missionary, you know, he goes overseas and he's, he's given his life to so many different people and sacrificed so much, you know, and we think, man, God loves him more than he loves me. That's not true. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. The same love. <laughs> not less. Can you handle that? <laughs> oh. Now, I don't know about you, but that does something inside of Brother Keith's heart. I'll tell you, when I realize, and I'll say it, I say it out loud because that's how you meditate. You think, you ponder, you speak, you mutter. That's how meditation, I said, Father, if it wasn't in your word, I couldn't believe it. I'll tell you the truth. I tell them that sometimes. I'll say, Lord, if I, if I hadn't seen that in your word, there's no way I could believe that. But because it's in your word, I believe it. <laughs> and I thank you, Father, that you love me as much as you love Jesus. Oh, and that just brings such a peace and a calmness over my spirit that, and a confidence. It stirs up a confidence in you. And it takes away the unworthy feeling that all of us get from time to time. How many of you get a, like a feeling of, you know, you just don't feel like you're matching up. You feel unworthy sometimes. You know, that's a feeling, right? Well, feelings can be really fickle. Feelings can deceive you. You know, sometimes people say that, oh, well, brother, if you teach like that, then that just gives people a license to sin. Let me tell you something. If you, if you understand and comprehend how much God loves you, the last thing you're, you're going to want to do is run out and break one of the commandments. Okay? The last thing you're going to want to do is depart from God and do something crazy in the flesh. If you love God... And you understand how much He loves you, it draws you to Him. It's just like in the natural. When someone loves you unconditionally, you're not afraid to get around them. Now, I don't know about you, but through the years growing up as a child, there were certain people I did not like to get around. Amen? I mean, even dogs can pick up on that. <laughs> Isn't that right? We just got this new little puppy. I'll tell you what, she is such a blessing. Oh, my goodness. Amen. Like a newborn again, you know. And, and I mean to tell you, she is, what a gift from God. That's all I can say. She is, she's a constant reminder to me of the grace of God and the gift of God. Amen. And, uh, but, you know, even, even dogs, they have a sense, you know, if, if, if someone's not right and they get around them, they pick up on that. You know what I'm saying? But, but anyway, I'm not trying to compare us to a dog, but I'm saying that when we, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but praise the Lord anyway. Um, when you know that you're unconditionally loved by God, just like a person, then you're not uncomfortable around them. See, my, Mike, I love my kids unconditionally. My, my daughter and my son back there, I love them with all of my heart. There's nothing that they can do to make me love them more. Nothing. Okay? I, I would do anything for them because I love them. They're my offspring. You see? And there's nothing that they can do that's going to make me, even if they made mistakes and they did things wrong, would not change my attitude of love towards them. Not one iota. 
Nothing. Okay? Well, that's, that's, that's me as a human being, as an earthly father. But how much our heavenly father, how much more does he love you and love me? Amen? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Say, the Father loves me. Praise God. You see, when you know that the Father loves you, you don't have any problem asking Him for stuff. Okay? You know, God wants you and me to start asking Him for things. Trust Him for things. You're not, you're not going to wear out His grace. He said, well, Brother Keith, you know, I mean, I know I could ask God for the big things, but I don't know about those little things. You know, doesn't God have more stuff going on to take care of the world? The whole, you know, no, listen, He wants you to come to Him for every single thing. He wants you to trust Him for every single thing. The very thing I'm doing right now, before I even got up here, prior to this service, I told the Lord, walking outside around this building, pleading the blood of Jesus, praying over this facility, praying over you, I said, Father, I lean on you this morning. I ask you to speak through my lips. I want heaven's best for the people that are here today. And I do that every single week. I don't fail to do that. Every week I do that because I want God's best for you. Because when you, when you taste and see that the Lord is good and you realize how good He is, man, you're going to... You, You'll turn the world upside down. Hallelujah. And you won't mind asking him for things because just the slightest whisper in faith, he will answer that. There's been so many countless nights where I'll be laying in bed and I'll wake up in the middle of the night, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, you know. And I'll just get up and I'll immediately in my spirit, and I don't, open, I don't even move my lips, but you know, you can talk to God out of your spirit. Your spirit has a voice, doesn't it? And you don't, you don't even have to move your lips. But you can talk to God. And so I'll talk, I'll fellowship with the Lord. Amen. And I'll ask Him for things. Now granted, I haven't even moved my lips. And I'll watch and I'll see God answer those prayers that I prayed out of my spirit. In other words, in my mind. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, if it doesn't make sense, it makes faith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you, that's how, that's how close you are to God. Amen. Someone said, yeah, Lord, I just pray that you'll be by my side. Listen, that's too far. What? Lord, be by my side. That's too far. He's in you. He's not just beside you. He's in you. God, Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen. Now, I have to obey the Holy Ghost right now. Just the Spirit of the Lord. Melissa, you've made some choices and decisions in your, some tweaking in your heart to get closer to the Lord, okay? And the Lord has recognized that, and the Lord is going to honor that, and he, the outpouring of the Spirit is going to be resonant, not only in your life, but in your family as well. Hallelujah. Because you made it, the Lord wanted me to say, I don't normally do that, but the Lord said, you've made a choice, you've drawn the line in the sand, and you said, enough is enough. And I'm going to serve God. I'm going to love God. And the Lord recognizes that. And there's going to be change. Praise the Lord. Now that normally doesn't happen to me. But this, right early this morning. The Lord revealed that to my heart. And uh, so I just wanted to release that to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
And so this scripture in John 17, 23 says, Jesus prayed, Lord, show them that you love them as much as you love me. Say this after me. Say, God loves me as much as Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. That liberates you. Amen. Hallelujah. Through the years, you know, I've met different people that have met different, uh, well, let's just say TV personalities or sports athletes or something like that. You know, people brag about that. And I understand that. You know, I met so-and-so and what have you, you know. And, uh, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you met some celebrity or some sports athlete or something. I have too. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the most privileged thing that you and I, because we, we don't have that guarantee in the natural that we might meet somebody that's, that's, has some notoriety in the world, right? We don't always have that guarantee, okay? But I do know this. You, when you pray, you're talking to the God that made the universe. Amen. Think about that. And you look out and you see the world and the beauty of this earth and the skies and the solar system and the sun and the moon. There's no, that's not an accident. That's not a big bang. Amen? Saw one time a bumper sticker that said, you know, I believe in the big bang theory. God spoke it and bang, there it was. Amen? <laughs> Whether there was a bang or not. It didn't just happen. It wasn't just two rocks colliding and then all this came out of that. Are you kidding me? The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at the human body, for goodness sake. Look at how the eye works. Look at how your brain works. For some people. But look at, look at how your body functions. You're fearfully, the Bible says, and you're wonderfully made. You're a walking miracle. Look at how the body harmonizes, how your lungs and your blood and, your, and the oxygen and all that stuff works together. And all the organs. Think about that. That's a miracle. Every, it's every day you wake up. My God, that's a miracle. But so, see, people can get so acclimated to that and used to that. But you know, the reality of it is you look in the mirror and say, I'm looking at a miracle right there. I mean, you were born, right? You already beat the odds by, boy, I don't know. <laughs> You were born, bless the Lord. You beat the odds by thousands. <laughs> hey, Amen. Do I have to go into detail? But, uh, man, you have, you've got a plan. God has a plan and a future and a purpose for you on this earth. And the only way that you will ever experience the fullness of joy on this earth is to surrender to God and say, Yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll do what you want me to do. Amen. It's so liberating to surrender yourself to the Lord and say, okay, Father, I'll, I'm yours to command. Whatever you want me to do, because you're looking out for my interest. God is not gonna, He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to make you do something that's nasty. He's, whatever He wants you to do, He has a perfect, beautiful plan for each and every person. Every single day. You're not an accident. You are a purposeful creation of God. Amen? So we're going to look at one scripture and we're going to close here, okay, because we're almost out of time. But go over to 1 John chapter 4. And so we're, you know, talking about this, the last point here. God loves you as much as He loves Jesus. Mm. 
If you meditate on that, it will set you free. It'll change your life. As a matter of fact, you'll never outgrow that. And I've, I've been saying it from, I don't even count anymore. It's been so many years. But I meditate on this. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you. Now, I, I hear the Holy Spirit tell me constantly. Because, you know, the, Jesus said in, in regard to the Holy Spirit that when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll not speak of Himself. In other words, He'll not speak of His own initiative on His own accord. But whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And so when you got born again, God not only forgave your sins, that's important, but He put within you the same Spirit that was inside Jesus. Okay? And so when the Holy Spirit talks to you, and He does talk to us every day, we just have to have ears to hear what He's saying. He is not just coming up with His own conversation, the Holy Spirit. He only speaks what He hears the Father and Jesus speak to Him, and then He communicates that to you and to me. Does that make sense? So when you say, I heard from the Lord, well, yeah, we did. We heard via the Holy Spirit, but then the Holy Spirit got it from Jesus and got it from God. So they're, they're in unison, they're in unity, and so they, they communicate the very thing to us that we need to hear. Now, sometimes, you know, it's okay. We want to have a deep revelation. We want God to speak to us the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Amen. But let me tell you something. Before that even happens, He'll say things to you, and sometimes you'll begin to doubt, was that just me? Did I just make that up in my mind? No. No. All of you in this room, this is great news. You have heard from God from time to time, but you didn't even know it. Because you were, you were thinking, well, if I thought if I heard from the Lord, I'd be these, with these ears right here. Let me say, there's something even deeper than that. You have, na- you have two sets of ears. You know that. The Bible says you have natural ears. And the Bible says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Okay? You know, you've seen the commercial with the dog whistle, you know, and you blow, you don't hear a thing. But the German shepherd down the street will hear it. Because it's a frequency that humans can't hear, but the animal can hear it. And so it is, you're walking in this earth, the people in this world, they're not hearing anything, but you have the Holy Ghost in you. You're on a different level, you're on a different frequency, and you hear the voice of the Spirit of God. But before He speaks deeper things to us, He'll say things because, let me tell you something, everything God speaks has significance. It doesn't waste words. You know, God doesn't just ramble. You know, we use the phrase, to make a short story long. Somebody, sometimes people can ramble on and on. I say, wait a minute, I just asked a simple little question. What should take two seconds is now 30 minutes later. (laughs) The gift of gab, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, I'm not criticizing any person. But what I'm saying is this. The Lord doesn't waste words. The Holy Ghost doesn't waste words. He doesn't, anything He says, there's a purpose behind it. I am. How long does that take? I am. Not I will be or I was. I am. People say, oh, I know you're my healer. I was, past tense, or I will be, future tense. No, he says, I am right now. I am your forgiver. I am your healer. I am your provider right now. He's an I am God right now, right now. 
Now faith is present tense. Now and is faith. Present tense. God is present tense. Only present. He's here right now in this room. And understanding the love of God is the most powerful revelation. How much does the Father love you? You can't do anything to gain His love. And secondly, the Father loves you as much as He loved Jesus. Amen? And sometimes when I'm preaching this, I can hear the Holy Ghost in me saying, Amen, that's right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Many, many times I'll back up here, you know, that we, re we reject what God's saying to us because we think that's just us. But what if it's not? Okay? And many times I've have woken up, like I said, the middle of the night or something like that, and I'll hear the Lord speak to my heart and say, Son, I love you. Amen? Now, when my kids were real small, you know, we used to sometimes rock them to sleep or, you know, sit by their their crib or whatever until they fell asleep, you know, and we're watching them. They don't even know we're looking at them, okay? But the, the Lord is hovering over you all night long. He's there. He's watching you. He sees you. And, and I just, I made a choice to not throw that out. It may seem very simplistic, but I said, thank you, Lord. Because I felt, I heard in my spirit, Keith, I love you. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. I receive, I love you too, you know? And that's, it doesn't have to go any deeper than that. You know what I mean? And I'll just bask in that. I'll just, that happened to me last night through the, I was up for a couple hours last night off and on, you know, in the middle of the night. And I was just having little conversations with the Lord about the love, about his love. And I got so excited. I, I mean, I just got so excited because I'm, I'm allowing myself to let him speak to me. Okay? The Lord will talk to you about anything. He will talk to you about things in your life that you're going through. He'll, he'll be there to help you and to guide you. A lot of times, you know what he'll say? He'll say things like, I don't want you worrying about that. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to work that out. Okay? Amen? Amen. One time I was, years ago, I was on, in a hospital, had a, major situation happened and uh, uh, very, very challenging things in the natural, you know. I was laying on the hospital bed in Presbyterian Hospital and the Spirit of God spoke to my heart while I'm laying there on the bed. I had total peace. He said, because I, I didn't have any health insurance at that time, okay, and the, the bills were going to be thousands of dollars, okay, and it was. But the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, son, I got you covered. Because you don't have to worry about a thing. Now, I had to walk that out. But what God said to me was the truth when I was laying there on that bed. Okay? And God supernaturally healed me. Didn't have, didn't have to have surgery. They wanted to, but I, I didn't feel led to do it. And I, I, the Lord spoke to me and said, you don't have to have it. I'm your healer. Amen? And I was healed. I was divinely healed. Amen? But... It sure saved a lot of time, like wanting to fret and worry and get all anxious and upset. And I could have pushed the Holy Spirit away. I said, no, no. Some, you know, you can push people away, but you can also push the Holy Spirit away. And he's trying to communicate to you. And I'll tell you this. When he does speak to you, it's always going to bring peace to you. He is the Spirit of peace. When God speaks to you through the Holy Ghost, 
There's a, there's a divine peace that takes place inside your spirit that will just calm you down. It will take the troubleness and the worry and the fear out of your life. Oh, my, my, my. Do you hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us this morning? He just wants to communicate to us. He wants to talk to us. Amen. Let him be that friend that sticketh. The Bible says we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Praise God. I got a best friend. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Father God. I got a best friend. <laughs> and the closer I am to my best friend, the better I can be a friend to other people. Amen. Because my vertical relationship with him will affect my horizontal relationship with everybody else. You want to you know how to solve marriage problems? Get close to God. Get close to God. Every human being on this earth has challenges in the natural. There's no perfect marriages, okay? But I'll tell you this, that if, if, you, if you look to the Lord and you seek Him, He can give you ideas and give you wisdom you would have never dreamed of. He can show you how to love that woman or love that man. Okay? Praise God. Okay, we've got to close here. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. We're almost out of time here. 1 John 4 and verse 16. We have, John said here, he says, We have known and believed. See, there's a difference. The love that God has towards us or to us. God is love. In him dwell, and, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Look at verse 18. There is no fear in love. Now, in context, this is referring to understanding how much God loves you. And he says, there's no fear. When you understand how much God loves you, there's no fear because that perfect knowledge of His love towards you will eliminate and eradicate fear. Why do I, fe why do I fear? Why do we fear? Has anybody here ever become afraid before? Okay, yeah. We all feel it, don't we? We know it's not a fun thing. It's not a pretty thing. But, you know, you hear something, you see something, you know, something is communicated that can, you know, some type of a threat that can uh, stir up fear. Like, oh, what if this happens? Then this is not going to happen. Then I'm going to be left to hang and dry here. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. When we understand there's no fear, when we understand how much the Father loves us, there's nothing to be afraid of because His love is going to take care of us on this earth. No matter what comes against you, no matter what threat comes against you, no matter what fear comes against you, I know what that's like. Okay? I've, I've sat straight up in my bed at night at times because fear hit me. Boom! Like a freight train. It's like, whew, whoa. You know what I'm saying? I know what that feels like, and I know you do too. But when that happens, what do we do? We have to go back to this fact right here. God loves me. 
He's going to take care of me. So you don't have to figure it out with your noodle up here. You don't have to try to figure out, okay, Lord, I know you said you love me, but how are you going to take care of me? It's not your job to figure it out. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to this thing, right? Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And this last verse in 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Well, that's a lot right there, isn't it? We love him because he first loved us. When I, uh, when I gave my heart to the Lord, 1976, the month of May, as a teenager, 16-year-old teenager, that was my journey. That started a journey in my life. And I was so fresh. I was so new and so just a beginner at this, this thing. But I knew Jesus was in my heart. And, and through the years, you see, God doesn't manifest all of himself to you at once. There's layers and there's degrees because you couldn't handle it all once. But as you walk with God, as you walk with him, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, there should become... Now, it doesn't, it's not an automatic thing. We should get to know the love of God more and more and more. Another, a year from now, fast forward, a year from now, on this same date, we should be able to look back and say, I know God better now than I did a year ago. I understand God's love better than I did last year. Thank God for what we do know. We praise the Lord for that. But there's always more room to grow. There's always more love to grasp. There's more anointing for us. There's more glory f- for us. Are you with me? There's no fear in love. Love will chase fear out of your life like a scared rabbit. Oh, man. Amen. The love of God eradicates fear. I decree that in the name of Jesus over all the people that are in this church right now. I declare in the name of Jesus that perfect love of God's love towards you is eradicating every form of fear of the past, the present, and the future right now. And I liberate you by the power of the name of Jesus. And you're free to love. You're free to give. You're free to serve the Lord. No fear here ever again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I love about you, but I need to go back and listen to this message again myself. Amen. Because I believe the Lord is speaking to us and talking to us this morning. Can we just take a moment to give Him thanks? Praise God. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, we're so thankful. Oh, we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your love towards us. And we thank you for the love we have one towards another in this place. Thank you that we're family, Lord. We're the family of God. We're all connected for eternity, Father. Help us, Lord, to comprehend more of your love towards us that we might have more towards one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Lynn, you got anything?
Yeah, sure, yeah. All right. Now, if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, let's just take a moment here and let's just pray in the Spirit, pray in other tongues. Okay. Shoma cara della re, distom blegris de solo roca maria, nificlar dombre de la gestolcia, imagligiris soso, mechicoramaya, mengigiris slofre bel barralahe. Yero dot redeke, ijon ana ete idostiets, iala halakolo, luel lahmon gietesti sieta. Ah, brose, brase, brase. We worship you, Lord. Take the time, saith the Lord, to wait before me and to listen for me, and don't get in a hurry. For you see, the spirit of this world is always pushing and driving and moving and moving and moving. But it's different with me, says the Lord. For don't you know, I've said in my word, be still and know that I am God. For as you're still and practice being still before me, I will speak to you in a still small voice. That soft voice of my spirit that will comfort you, that will give you peace. For don't you know, I have all the answers that, for your questions. I have all the answers and the solutions to your problems. But wait, I say the Lord, wait upon me and listen to me. And I'll speak to your heart and I'll give you peace and I'll give you comfort that the world could never give you. For you see, the world searches for a comforter, but they have none. But I have placed my very spirit, yea, the great comforter, to live not beside you, but inside you. Yield yourself unto me. Practice listening to me. And you'll hear my voice loud and clear. And there'll be much cause for rejoicing on your behalf because you'll know that you'll know that you'll know. You'll not wonder and you'll not waver any longer. For when you've heard from me, you'll have peace in the midst of troubled waters. Did I not say in my word that my son was asleep on a pillow in the back of a boat during the midst of a major storm? And so it shall be with you. Though the waters may be troubled around you, though the storm may be brewing around you, you'll be in my peace. You'll be in that place of rest. And the troubles that are around you will no longer be able to affect you. For my peace will be there for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I saw something recently I thought was kind of an interesting concept. And... and and it showed different sized boats, you know, and some of these ocean liners and these, I mean, they're massive, you know what I'm saying. Uh, whole cities of people, you know. And it's, boats are not threatened by the water around it. It said boats are not threatened by the water around it. It's the water that gets in the boat that becomes a threat to the boat. So you can be around all kinds of pressures and trials and tests and everything. But if that stuff doesn't get in you, it's not going to sink you. 
That's what the enemy wants to put it inside you so you, you sink because of the troubled waters. But you, know, you can be floating along, hallelujah, resting in the peace and the presence of the Lord. Amen.